welcome to The Looking Glass. While here in Wonderland, we're going to discuss topics and share stories to help clear up distorted views of relationships. We provide a safe place for balance and honest conversation. While each episode can help all who listen, the focus will be on the community of color. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. One, two, three, four. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to Wonderland. We are officially kicking off season four. And with season four, we have a lot of new things coming in. One thing I'm extremely excited about, if you guys were following in the previous seasons where I did a 30-day challenge and I had a whole storyline with Alice in Wonderland, I have another storyline coming through with the Mad Hatter. So you probably have seen some of the images and little hints coming through on Instagram and TikTok about the dark psychology miniseries that we're going to be doing, focusing on some interesting ways relationships can turn dark real quick and some of the impacts it can have. So I'm super excited to be talking about that. And that's like a whole nucleus of creativity coming at you guys So stay tuned and be aware of those episodes that will be trickling in through season four. And yeah, I'm excited to be back. It's been a hell of a past couple months for me, but uh, let's go see what Chris and Keisha have been up to the past few months as we were on our break. We both knew you guys celebrated birthdays. So why don't you guys kind of give us a little insight on what you guys been doing the past couple months? Well, I'll go first. Last couple of months, let's see. Well, let's roll back to last month. I've been celebrating my birthday, having a ball to the point that I was exhausted (laughs) by the end of it. But it was the most celebration I think I did in years for my birthday. I'm back at work on one of my jobs, (laughs) my mini jobs, and I'm just enjoying life right now. Nice, nice, nice. And I will second that. I probably celebrated more on your birthday than I have ever celebrated on any of mine. (laughs) (laughs) And that is not a lie. So yeah, (laughs) I'm alive to tell the tale. So that's a good thing. And what about you, Chris? And Chris kept his stuff really quiet, really sneaky, like, so I'm really interested in seeing like, he didn't even like share no pictures. He didn't say nothing. He was just out in these streets all ninja-like. So why don't you give us some insight, Chris, on what you've been doing the past few months? I've just been doing the same thing I normally do, just been chilling, staying out the way, staying out them streets. You know, that street life's not for me. Didn't get invited to any of the shenanigans. First of all, two lies. Go ahead. Two lies. Two full lies. Two full lies. How are you going to start the season lying? How you start the season lying? That you're not for the street and you weren't invited. That you're not for the man, streets not, and that you weren't invited. Two lies. Yeah, man. No, I feel you. No, it, no, it's all good though. But just, just been working, working on a few things, working on myself, learning a lot of different things about myself, and then just talking to other people about different things. As far as moving forward, there will be more pictures and videos and all of that. Um, so we will uh, look forward to sharing everything with everybody out there in Wonderland. Awesome. 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 Well, we're going to jump into it. The topic of our first episode for season four is when is being single too single? When, when is it to be a situation where you might need to be concerned? And we're going to go to one of the first questions that uh, came on through Wonderland. It says, I've been single for about four to five years, no intimacy close to the same time. Is this normal? So, I'm going to throw it to you two first. Four to five years being single, no intimacy during that time. Is, is that normal? Like, and for one, like for one, do we, what is normal, right? Every time someone says there's something normal, I'm always like, but what exactly is normal? And who are you comparing yourself to? But four to five years in this letter that came through, what, what's, your, what's your take on it, Keisha? I think it's safe, playing it safe. As far as it being normal, 
what's normal to one person may not be normal to somebody else. But I definitely think it's playing it safe. I mean, this person could have needed some time to heal from past relationships to find themselves again. That could have been it. Maybe they had some personal goals they wanted to work on. Who knows? But not being in a relationship as well as comparing it to the same time of not having intimacy is definitely playing it safe with what's going on out here in the world right now. I think it'd be pretty tough not to do that. I want to believe this person found ways of satisfying themselves just to help them get by. And I really commend them for doing that versus just, you know, dibbling, dabbling with other people intimately and not have nothing, no attachments or anything. Some people that's good, they can do that and their heart not get attached. And for some people, their heart get attached. So this may be somebody who who's not good with doing it that way. Okay. And what about you, Chris? I would say, I mean, four, four or five years, it does sound like a long time. Now, if that person was doing all of kind of the self-care, self-preservations, working on themselves to get their, to get their mindset and mentality right for the next person and they just haven't run into it, then I can see that being something. But if it's something where they're just four or five years and it's almost like they're afraid to get back out there then, I mean, that's where it may cause, it may be a cause for concern once they do possibly meet that next person. Yeah, four to five years. Like you said, it sounds like a long time, but it's actually really not. I I know, I guess, I don't care. Like, I'm in my mid-40s. I don't care. But when you get older, like, the years go by much faster. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and lie. Like, four to five years. I'm like, okay, four to five years. Go back four to five years. I've been divorced around around that same time. And it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it has been. And I've been pretty much damn near single with some hiccups every now and then. <laughs> In between there. And actually going back and thinking about it, like, maybe if my ass would have stayed single for those four to five years, I might be in a better space mentally. You know what I'm saying? Because when you do engage with people and they turn out to be garbage humans, you freaking have to rebound from that, right? And that comes with a whole bunch of other stuff that you got to deal with. And like Keisha was talking about the intimacy piece of it. When you, our bodies are portals, especially females, we bring life into the world. Energy comes in and out of us. And when you allow yourself just to have whomever come in, literally, figuratively, inside your body, (laughs) you're exchanging energy and they're taking it away from you. So there has to be some recuperation from that too. So like Keisha was saying, look, if you can do that and you know you're not ready to be in a relationship, then I commend you that that's awesome. But then piggybacking on what Chris said, how do you know if it starts to become an issue, right? How do you know when being single for too long becomes a problem? And some of the research that we looked at, there's a couple of things that are highlighted to tell you, you might be, you might've been single for a little bit too long, right? And one of <laughs> The first one on the list was you have no interest in sharing your bed with anything other than your laptop. I'm sorry. That's me all day. Like I cannot actually think of another person in my bed consistently at this point. So that's a sign right there. I might've been single too long, but I'm going to throw that back out to you too. Like when I look at my bed, I love it. It's so comfortable and it's all mine. And to think of another human having to sleep in it with me all the time, every day, like, I don't know if I'm like down with that. But what about y'all? Like, first of all, I'm not throwing out y'all's relationship status. I'm single. I don't care. I'll tell the world. That's up to you guys to how you guys want to approach that. But I know for me, I don't really think like sharing a bed right now is like, I'm I'm fine. Like if I got into a serious relationship or married him being in a whole nother house, like I'm cool with that. And we've had this conversation before where people are like, that's kind of weird. 
I like my space. He can have his space. And when we want to see each other, we link up. Like, <laughs> I completely have no problem with that. But what do you guys say about that? <laughs> well, the way I feel it, my home, not just my bed, my personal home is sacred to me. So I'm definitely not trying to share that with just anybody. Right? Um, That's hard. Not that anybody would be hard. is welcome to <laughs> Not everybody is welcome to my home. So definitely not to my bed. So that's how I feel about that. I agree because that's your temple. That's you. That's your space, and you have crafted it. And when I say Keisha has crafted her space, she has crafted it into her space. So can you imagine somebody coming in saying, "I don't like that. Move that. I don't like that. Move that. I want to add my stuff right, in there." Right. Like, how would you handle that? To be honest with you, I don't even think I have room. <laughs> the way I have my room set up, it's like. I would need a bigger room to even have the space for a, a man to be in there, I think, closet-wise and all. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. But anyway. <laughs> you know what the about you, Chris? Like, not putting Chris your business out cry. there, but we when you were single, when you were single, or are you single, whatever your status what? is, like, are you single? Is it hard? Yes. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> Chris, are you single? Yes, I am. Ooh, somebody about to get in trouble. Are you 100% single? If y'all would see his face. Like what? Mm. Like, I'm kind of dating, but I'm not married single. Are you single? Like, I'm just free. Like, I can do whatever I want. What's funny? Do whatever I want. Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know when this became about me. I mean, I didn't know this was an interrogation. But to go back to what you guys are saying, to get back on topic. Oh, that was um, topic, sir. I'm, that was topic. No, no. We needed I'm, to see I'm, where I'm, you were I'm coming not part from. Of the topic. We were seeing where you were coming from. But yeah, <sighs> but how, how hard would it be? Or would it be hard at all? To welcome somebody into your space. Oh, like it's, I mean, it's always hard to, it's always hard bringing somebody into your space. And then if it's been, let's say, four or five years, like the person said in that letter, then it's, it's going to be even harder because you've gotten so comfortable being by yourself, having everything your way. So now having somebody come in and like you said, hey, well, I don't like the way this look or I don't like the way you do this and that. And that's, I mean, it's a huge adjustment period that could like have a major effect on how things go, <clears throat> how things are moving forward. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Because you honestly have to make some changes about your behavior. You, it, It's a situation where you have developed a behavior or a way of life being single that would have to be changed, right? Because there, some other signs are you stop swiping, meaning you're not even attempting to go on dates anymore. You don't try. When your friends complain about people, you kind of tune them out. You automatically assume that meeting someone is pointless. No one even ask who you're dating anymore. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Whatever. She's chronically single. That just, that, no, yeah, no, that just means people that gave up on her. Like, oh, no. And it's wild. It's wild when it feels as though people that gave up on you. Like, yeah, look, we ain't going to ask because we already know the question. Right, right. You know, I mean, we already know the you know, yeah. When you've been in that space for so long, this is my idea. Something I want to do. And I do get in the relationship, you know, that I really desire to be in and make it to the point of marriage just to just hit them hard. Like I'm engaged with them not even knowing that you actually was dating someone. You know yes, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to have a spouse reveal party. I'm literally going to have 
a spouse with a party. Like, like I'm gonna have people place bets. Idea. People will place bets. People will place bets to figure out who the dude is. And then when he walks down the aisle, that's when it would be revealed. And then whoever wins, wins. That's the level of secrecy um, and privacy I'm on. Like, ain't no one will have any idea until he's walking agreed. down the aisle. I mean, my closest ones would because they have to help me plan. But, yeah, it's going to be a spouse reveal party. Uh, I mean, you might got to do a trial run on that. What you mean? Just a trial run. Like, hey, put it out there and just see, like, what your reaction is. Because, I mean, you never know, man. People be living, like, double, triple lives nowadays. Oh, no, no, no. Obviously, he knows he's going to be a part of it if we're getting married. But no one I know... Uh is going to be aware. Like I'm not one of these social media posting like this is my dude da 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 like like I said I've been in full up relationships in the whole marriage and <laughs> a whole bunch of people didn't know. So okay. yeah, it's just it's a great way to raise money too, you know, for the people. So some other some other ways <laughs> you are <laughs> you know, what you mean raise money? I mean like for people. if I'm doing a a bet on who the spouses. So oh. yeah, the money that's raised and trying to figure out who my spouse would be coming down the aisle, I'll, I'll d- donate it to a, a domestic violence charity or something. As we proceed, oh. some other ways people can uh, tell if they've been single too long. You're actually over your exes. That's a good one. Wait a minute now. Okay, now wait, 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 wait. So you said that's another way. You can that, determine if you that been some people too? feel that they've been single for for a long time. They're actually over all of their exes. Okay. And then the last one is you don't want to make compromises, and we kind of just talked about that, like in your living spaces, right? You don't want to make compromises. I don't want to change this. Blah blah blah. Now all of those things have been kind of superficial stuff, but there's actually science backing that there are some psychological effects of being single too long. And one of them is you become less cooperative or more assertive or what some people also call it the single, single female syndrome where you pick up a lot of masculine traits because you've been single so long that it can be a deterrent to possible mates. What do you guys think about that one? I mean, I can see it because it's just, I mean, if you want your, I mean, I hate to say surviving or survival tactics, but your day to day, I mean, you learn how to do certain things. And I mean, I can't speak from the woman's perspective, but as a woman, it's like, hey, you just learn how to do certain things to get by and not having to wait or rely on a male to do the things. So it was like, after a while, it's just, hey, it just becomes second nature to you. And it can cause, and it can be an issue, but I think it's up to the new guy that the woman would be involved with to show that he's capable of taking those certain things off of her. Because I mean, she probably don't want to do it, but she's been doing it for so long. So it's up to the guy to prove that, okay, I can do this. And once he's proved worthy of that, I feel as though she would be more likely to relinquish some of those tasks and obligations. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of times we don't want to do a lot of the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. when I was in a situation where, <laughs> don't you like how I call them situations? When I was in a situation <laughs> where I didn't have to pump gas or open the door or walk on the the scary sides of the street and stuff like that. When it was happening, it felt really good. But then when it was gone, you miss it for a while, but then you realize you have to do it on your own. And then you just keep doing it on your own to when an, a male comes back in the picture, you go to proceed to do the same things. And they're like, hold up, what are you doing? And they might take it back as you know you being too masculine or too assertive like chris said it would have to be the that male saying something about it but what if you have a dude who doesn't say anything about it and just starts building resentment like you know what would you do with that one i think that's a problem that's where the open communication coming at and for women especially for single moms it's like activate 
I'm in this role, I gotta do it by myself. God comes along, okay, now I have to deactivate. And it's crazy because I think, I know for me, deactivating has been harder than activating. Activating is just automatic, okay? I, I, I'm gonna do this, I know this is what I have to do because if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. Right. But I think is the woman should be mindful of this and be willing to digress so that, you know, the man can, you know, do his roles and feel more like a man to say. Men like the eagles to be scroped. And sometimes when you're standing up egos. to be so assertive, you, you know, you mess with the eagles. They don't like that. You like your ego stroked, right, so, Chris? No, my ego. No, but that's oh, but now this, this is now my y'all are terrible. Out of my <laughs> y'all wow. Make sure y'all wow. Now I will say my stance has changed on that. I will say in the past year, two years. And it's more so, I think it's up to, like I said, it's, it's up to the guy to prove that he's worthy to have the woman be able to relinquish those things. Or I know everybody talk about submitting and everything, but it's up to the guy to prove that. It's not like, hey, the woman saying, okay, I want to do this to her because it's too many times that women kind of give this type of, the, give this authority, quote unquote, to the guy, and the guy he he can't handle it. He's not responsible enough to deal with it, and now she's it, it just puts her in a deeper hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that makes sense. And then the next proven fact, based on science, you're less aware or intuitive about other people's emotions. And I feel that's another way of saying you start to become a bit selfish. And I guess I could see that because if you're only focusing on you, right? You, what you, what you got going on, what you need to do, what's going on in your life and somebody else comes into the picture, that's going to be an adjustment, right? An adjustment to say, but what about the other person? And I know, especially when I first got married, that was horrible because I was so used to just thinking about me. It wasn't a situation of, I wonder what he thinks about it. And it was like, I had to learn how to say, hey, what, what's your thoughts on this before I make a decision that impacts both of us? So I can see how that could be an issue. But I mean, what would that look like? Or have you guys run into that? No, not so much for me. I'm a communicator, so I, I will pause before making like big decisions like that to communicate. So this one hadn't been as much of a, a issue for me. Well, I know, I mean, well, for me, I mean, hell, it was an issue when I was married. So, I mean, I'm still, I'm still working on that, thinking about how my actions or my decision-making affects other people and then like a, a another person so i'm still i'm still working on that to this day and it could be it could be a challenge especially if you're just used to making the decisions too to say okay well maybe that person might want to have some input on this instead of just doing it so i i can definitely see that some other mm -hmm. things they said is a reduced stability and self-worth reluctancy towards new relationships which you brought that up already chris so and i can i can i can say i can back that up too because for me it's the whole time spent the time that you put in and it's a fear of wasting that you know what i'm saying when when right. things don't pan out when you're when you're doing the vetting i know people say dating but i like to use the word vetting that takes time that takes energy and it's like, do you even at this point want to go through that or just get a damn dog and call it a day and a couple roses? <laughs> this is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw the mic back to y'all. <laughs> Not for me. I, I don't want to, I, you know, I'm scared of dogs anyway, so I'm afraid. So, 
No, I'll just rather take my chance. <laughs> Chris is left speechless right now. <laughs> take my chances. What say you, Chris? <laughs> Man, I don't know what's in the water. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's in the water, but uh, y'all, man, y'all are on one tonight, but you gotta love it. But uh, I, mean, I can see though, I mean, especially depending on how the previous relationship ended, I mean, you're going to always, if it was very bad, toxic, I know that's the word nowadays, but it was like that. And then like going to the next one, you're going to like, you just kind of flinching the whole time, just like, nah, not wanting to jump back on that horse and figure out what it is that you need to do true true and what about self-sabotaging that's another thing so even if you do get into a relationship and now you have to maintain it and what if you get into it and you're like maintaining it is harder than it was when i was single so now you have behaviors that bubble up and now you're self-sabotaging so, and we have talked about sabotaging relationships for other reasons, but this is a unique one where it's kind of like, mm, yeah, this isn't what I really thought I wanted. And, and you go into these, these hurtful behaviors because again, you're bringing somebody else into the picture, right? And this is a question of when you know you're ready to actually start dating or vetting to get into a long-term committed relationship, so you prevent yourself from self-sabotaging. But is this something that you guys have come into contact with or have done on your own? I know I've come into contact with it. I probably have done it in a subconscious way, but I don't know if that's due to being, being single for too long or if it's due to something else, but self-sabotaging is something you definitely have to be aware of. Yeah, no, I know I've come in, I've encountered that as, I mean, that's just like in the early stages. And especially if it's someone who has been in a situation where they've been single for a long time and just kind of not being used to things being done a certain way for them or to them. And they're just kind of like, hey, well, this doesn't feel right or like just waiting for the shoe to drop. So, I mean, I've, I've definitely encountered that. Well, for me, self-sabotage, but it, it wasn't so much of a relationship. We didn't even make it to a relationship. It was just, I guess, in the dating stage. So I'm mindful of that. And I do have my accountability friend who I can run some stuff by just to make sure that I'm giving somebody a fair shot and not trying to self-sabotage it, you know, before it can even blossom. So I am mindful of that. I, I actually think some of the self-sabotaging comes from past hurts and being afraid of being hurt again. Right. I mean, because no one wants to actually sign up to say, okay, let's do this over again. Let's repeat the same hurts over again and, and, and let's see what happens. Right. Like, no one in their right mind wants to do that. Now, one thing that, yeah, but if you learn from it, but if but if you learn from the previous situation, it should help you out with the next. If you learn for as okay, I think a lot of times people don't think about what happened or really figure out hey where did things go wrong and then why, and then once you figure that out, then so you won't repeat it the next go around. But what if you learn and then you proceed? but the pain comes in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not always going to be the same type of, of letdown or disappointment. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be a level of trust to say, I'm going to take a chance on this and hope it doesn't turn out the way it did previously, even though you might've learned like, okay, this person's a liar. So I know to watch out for this, 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 because this person's a liar. They drink, they do drugs. I don't want that. So you go into another situation and they don't, they don't drink or do drugs, but they're a horrible cheater and they cheat and they sleep with anything that walks out in these streets. So it's still pain. It's a different type of pain. It's a different type of experience. So you could have learned from one, but you walked right into another 
situation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I understand that. But then, I mean, you also, and this might cause an uproar, but you have to like look within and look within yourself to see, okay, well, why are, why am I choosing these type of people? Or why, why do I continue to meet these type of people? Or how come mm, now there are situations where you don't choose them. They just keep pursuing you until you freaking say, you know what? Like, okay. Because yeah, you, you're you, still you here. Attract what you are. No, I ain't track that. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, like, I mean, not, okay, not that's a whole nother conversation. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> we have a whole episode so, about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a question that I've been asked a lot of time counseling adults. Why do I keep attracting these type of people? Why, why, why? Part of me feels like personally, that's what you open up yourself to. I think it does have something to do with us personally. It's a reason why we attract the type of people we do attract. So I think that's some personal, this is just my opinion, you know, self-reflection. And it may be some areas, even if it's upping, let's see, upping your dating. I don't even have words for it. You know, the type of guy you want. Maybe going back to the drawing board and looking at what is it that you want in a relationship? You know, what is some things that's a non-negotiable? And I think sometimes we have so many negotiable areas until it makes room for these type of people to come back into your life. But when you look at your non-negotiables and stick to them, they can't get back in. That's right. You got to put them boundaries up and then you actually have to hold tight and just be very, you know, I, I was just listening to a clinician talk about how females make really poor judgment during ovulation and (laughs) so that's when it comes to when it comes to a partner and because your body is wanting to you know you know make babies so you might not pick the best partner in that time frame and I think you really there's some science behind that absolutely in, in that regard but and also with with what you were saying Keisha with having your boundaries and in keeping the boundaries. And when somebody shows, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to use our quote, Chris. <laughs> when somebody steps into the space and it's like, this is who I am. Like, don't make up a whole different narrative. Don't make up an imaginary friend, right? And I'm going to plug our ghost zombies and imaginary friend episode. Check it out. It's hilarious. But don't make up a whole imaginary friend, right? Like, this person is showing you who you are, but you're making them into something that they're not so you can stay in that relationship. All you're doing is prolonging the inevitable and now potentially putting you in a situation where you might not want to take a chance with somebody else. This is really interesting. A study out of University of Pennsylvania said being single too long, there is actually studies showing that it will reduce the will to fight for life. And under a clinical trial, there were individuals who were not married were more likely to refuse treatment. And that's crazy. And Alzheimer's patients who were in relationships were more determined to beat their condition than ones who weren't. Now, that's interesting to me. So you're talking about life, like as in life and death. And this is from a study out of Pennsylvania. What do you guys think about that? I can see that because they're already alone. They're probably looking at the fact that their kids are grown. They've already met their grandkids. And it's like, I'm already alone. So what is it left to fight to be here for? So I can, it's sad, but I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, man, get me up on here. Well, I mean, <laughs> and I hate to say it like that as a joke, man. I didn't hate to say it as a joke, but I mean, it's like, hey, look, man. I what I need to stick around for. Yeah, I guess you, yeah, when you see it that way. And that really puts a very interesting light on it. You know what I'm saying? Like to think of it that way. And it's, 
it's it's really interesting in that that regard. So then the question would be so if if you are have been single too long, right? And like the the letter said 4 to 5 years, that was that letter and they were concerned that was too long. What are ways to step back into that space when you say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I want to find a partner. I'm going to be intentional about it. What are some of the things that you think need to be accomplished that you need to think about or or put out there to make that happen successfully? I think at first, I mean, you have to just, just take your time. Don't rush into it like i mean i've seen situations where somebody go from being single for two three years and then they meet somebody and might have had one or two dates and next thing you know oh it's like a full-blown relationship and they're like no just take your time and just make sure that it's right because you need that adjustment period because you just want to jump in there because then what will happen is it'll be too much too soon and then you could become overwhelmed which would then in turn self-sabotage the relationship yeah i agree i agree i think you need to have people who talk can talk to you and say hey you're moving a little bit too fast with this one. You know what I'm saying? Because once you fall into that whole fairy tale, that infatuation phase or space, you're not thinking with the right spaces and places, you might make some decisions that might not pan out the way you should or will they work the best way for you and that other individual. So having people you can talk to, like, I'm pretty sure if I like, oh, I just met this dude and we're going to get married in six months. I'm gonna need somebody to slap me like for real, for real. <laughs> and, and somebody who's going to be honest with you and say, yeah, do you think that's a good idea? And you listen and you listen, right? I thought that would be the woman's intuition though. Well, it like was. I was saying before, there's things that can cloud it. Being single too long, cloud, being single too long, cloud your intuition. The time of the month clouds your intuition. If oh. has an amazing beard in other places, cloud your intuition. I'm just saying, like, there's things that cloud intuition. <laughs> so, man, this medication is working today. What? So oh. you have to have people who are going to be honest, are going to be honest with you. Now, now, some people do meet their mate. And I've heard of success stories where people meet and within six months, they got married. So some, there are exceptions to the rule. Sometimes that work for people. I would say pace yourself too, especially if you've been out in a relationship for a long time. You do want to make sure, you know, the process between dating, the difference between dating and the relationship part. Relationship, I mean, we're moving hopefully towards marriage. So you want to Take your time and make sure that you pace yourself with that. I think so. But the six months in and getting married, there have been success stories. I've met couples who have been married for like, I mean, over 15 years, going strong. And sometimes marriage isn't the final outcome. Like, I I hear that a lot, dating to marry. I'm not sitting here saying that's what I want. I I want commitment. I want long-term do I want the paper? If it happens, that's cool. But it's not like that's that's what I have to have because I, I've seen people who just go for the paper and it ends horribly. So I, I'm just not I'm. But again, I have an Aquarius in Venus. And, and one of the biggest things for me, I think, to go into a committed relationship is understanding that I can't do my disappearing acts that I do like that. That's a behavior yeah. of mine that I would honestly have to get in check because that's not fair to the other person but the other person will also know that i need space to do stuff by my damn self like you can't come everywhere with me like you're not going to so if the person is not cool with that we probably won't function so i think too being honest about who you are as a person is something that you're gonna have to know before moving into a commitment 
And like I said, for me, my disappearing acts, I would have to put that in check. But for you two, like, is there something about y'all's personality that you know you would have to pull in before you actually be, you know, get serious about making a commitment to somebody? I need to make sure we're on the same page. I have to make sure we're on the same page. You know what I'm saying? Um, you definitely have to be on the same page. But what about, is and, there anything about your personality that you feel you would have to modify before you go into a committed relationship? Who personality. Ooh. Uh, I don't think so. I don't Keisha. think so. Because if we, what? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Listen, I'm a water sign, so I can be emotional at times. It is what it is, but I always explain that. I give my disclosure in the beginning. I let the person know who I am. I let them know, hey, I don't curse on a regular basis, but if I get extremely upset, it may you be a hurricane. Get it. You're going to get Words. it. And then it go away. I feel better. It's like I got off my chest. I won't cuss them out, but whoever I'm communicating with to get it off, you know, kind of process with before I talk to that person, they'll hear it. But I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you would have I to guess. change that, though, because that's a part of who you are. Would you have to change yeah. that? But I, I don't give it to the person. My right. thing is, I, I usually call you and I'm like, you know what? And I sit down, I'm like, here we go, let's go. It'll be coming out like that. Yep. And then once I'm done, I feel better. And by the time I go to communicate with the person who upset me, all that anger and tension is out because I've already gotten it off of me. So as long as I have a friend that I can talk to, I'm okay. They they wouldn't get it. That makes sense. What about you, Chris? Hmm. Just saying, like, far as me, what I have to work on. What? <laughs> can, can you repeat the question? What about your personality would you have to work on or address before you get into a committed relationship? I don't know. I think I've got a pretty good personality. It's just, I'm, I know I'm not for everybody. Oh my God. So what I would, I would, you know. What you talking about? I'm just saying. I just would have to. He should have fell off the camera. <laughs> Look, she is I, I am an acquired taste, and I know that. And y'all are terrible, man. I don't know why y'all gonna do me like this. I'm just being honest. I'm like, I mean, anything. I'm not for anybody. So it's like, I mean, as long as I'm letting somebody know, hey, up front, you're not hey, wishy washy. You're not, you're not hot and cold. You're not off and on. You're Absolutely. a damn Gemini. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. So yes. tell yes. the I, truth and the devil. No, that's, and I admit that. So that's what I'm just saying. Like, Hey, I just have to let somebody know, Hey, this is how I get down. And so you don't think it's something that you would need to address out? though. Cause that's the thing. Like for me, I know I can't disappear. Like I do. Like I will get in my car and drive and be gone for days someplace and then come back. Like, I know I can't do that. And I'm not going to tell somebody, look, this is me. You're just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to be like, no. Yeah, I mean, I I am I am who I am. So, and this goes to something that I'm going to talk about deeper shortly, would be like, you have to, like, just dealing with, not dealing with, but being involved with people who like you or have like-minded ideas so if you are looking for something or you feel a certain way find someone who fits that narrative versus trying to get somebody to fit into your narrative or someone's sense. trying to get you to fit into that narrative so that's what i'm saying so like if i let you know hey this is what it is this is how i am it's no Five, so you think the somebody there's somebody out there who I guess in my in my, my regard like I, the longest I'll probably disappear in person will probably be like two days or if I book a trip to Bali for a week and you're not coming with me I by myself right. I go by myself I go to these places by myself and that's the thing there there has there will have to be such trust in 
a relationship that I'm in to know I just need to do stuff solo. And, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it for such a long time. I might do it for a day or two. Like I need to go to the mountains for a day or two. And then you may, you may, you can follow me after the second day, but I just need a damn break. And I'm, I'm, there's probably a, a dude out there who's like, that's cool. Cause you know, I can do the same thing. And I, you know, <laughs> and I'm, no, I'm, I'm cool. I'm be quiet. No, I'm absolutely cool with that. I was in a relationship with somebody who was the same way. He needed to go gamble money. He would go by himself for for three or four days. And I was cool with that because I do the same thing. So, but I have, but what going into commitment, I would have to have an awareness of how that would impact and make modifications. So what you're saying, and I know how you feel about compromising, but what you're saying is say you met somebody and you are really digging her, you really, you guys are really clicking, but when you do the hot and cold thing, that throws her off. You wouldn't look at seeing how you can modify that to, to help nurture this relationship, or you, you would be like, deuces, you're not my person. If you can't deal with this, I ain't going to talk to you for three days. Deal with it. Like, you wouldn't try to work on something? I mean, well, if I'm really feeling a person, then I'm probably not going to do some of the stuff. But at times, it may happen. It, it might not happen as often, but some of the stuff, I mean, I think it's like some of the stuff, you get to a point where you are who you are, and it's nothing that's going to change that. Now, some of the things, it can change a little bit, but it's not going to be any drastic changes. Right, right. So that's your core, your core values, your core personalities, your morals and things like that. Absolutely. I agree with yeah, that. You are who you are. Yeah, I agree with that. So if there is, as we get close to wrapping it up, if there is somebody who is listening, who has been chronically single and they're like, you know what? I think it's time to step back out there. What suggestions would you give them to make it an easier process? Don't settle for the first person you meet. I would say date. Like for me, dating is, you could date more than one person at a time, but as far as, you know, before you zoom in into a relationship, especially if you hadn't been dating in a while, because things change. I know the dating arena before I got married is way different from what it is now, <laughs> way different after the divorce. So I would say pace yourself, have fun, get to know people, pay attention, believe what they show you, that's who they are. Believe it. Boy, we like that dang on quote, boy. We be killing it. <laughs> Thanks, well, Maya. Just, Thanks, Maya. Remix and just put up there. Just, uh, look, Remix, there drop it. There you go. Put some bass to it. <laughs> what would you tell them, Chris? Uh, I'm going to tell them, like, when you think about jumping out there, make a list and have a list of basically the non-negotiable like hey these this is definitely can't deal with any of this and just stick to it but then because like don't settle i mean kind of the piggyback on what keisha was saying like don't settle not just selling for the first person just selling it all hey if this is what your standards are keep your standards there don't lower your standards for anybody because that's where situations happen at times where it's like you just not I mean you you let down your standard because you think you found somebody and then they end up abusing that and then you kind of back it scratch starting back from scratch yeah I agree and I agree with, with both of what what you both said um if you know what you want that's what you want. Like if you want a long-term relationship and somebody's like, oh, I'm just looking for something casual, let's just go with the flow. Then that's not who you need to be interacting with. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking for, like someone said, like Keisha was talking about marriage and that person's like, no, I don't see myself ever getting married again. Then you know, that's not the person to interact with. If you know you're not having kids no more and that person wants kids, then you know, that's probably not going to end well. So you have to really, like Chris said, know what you want. Like Keisha said, put those boundaries out there and just be honest with, with yourself, with yourself. 
and, and don't think it's a lost cause. And I think a lot of people give up. Um, but a lot of times when people actually do release and give up, that's when somebody pops on the scene. So right. I would say be open. Be open. I think I that would be my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Be careful with dating potentials. Because, because you may see, this is on another episode we talked about, you may see potential in them. But if they don't see it and they don't meet your imaginary goal or whatever you want to call it goals, then that might be a disappointment too. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Watch their actions. Make sure their actions line up with their words. Date the person. Don't create an imaginary friend. Date, vet the actual person in front of you. Don't make up in your head. And no, you can't change them. You cannot change him. You cannot change her. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to wrap up our first episode for season four. I'm really excited. Before we close up, do you guys have anything you want to say to the listeners who've been rolling and and, and vibing with us the past four seasons? Thank you. 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 You can see me. I'm doing my thank you dance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate y'all. And we are hoping (laughs) in this season to bring y'all some exciting stuff. Okay. So get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You can tell she likes wrestling. And Chris. (laughs) Well, I'm not doing no thank you dance. <laughs> You're not gonna catch me doing any of that. But no, I just like I mean just stay tuned. Also, I mean one thing, like I said, if anybody have like any kind of questions about maybe I mean not specific to their situations, but if they have any questions about anything that we talk about, just like reach out to us. And I mean, like I said, we can follow up with it and talk about it. Maybe it could possibly be in a discussion on an episode. Absolutely. And the website's been updated and there also will be a place where you can submit questions for the Wonderland Chronicles that we can bring up and discuss as well. So like everyone said, thank you, especially if you've been with us since season one with the intro. We are very appreciative and we're looking much, much forward to the next 19 episodes in this season. So, yeah, we're rolling out all the way into December. So as Keisha said, get ready. And we will also be doing some video. I know I have been getting requests to do some video episodes. We are going to, uh, we'll pick and choose. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise. But keep keep checking our Instagram, our TikTok, our <laughs> website, our Facebook page for updates, little clues, especially on the Dark Psychology miniseries. I'm really excited about that. I get to stretch my creative muscle there as well. So keep looking forward to interacting with you all. And as always, you guys take care, stay safe, be well.